At this moment, I invite you to open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 1. We're starting just a little bit earlier in the story, if you've been with us in previous weeks, uh, because we need to capture some of the moment of Christ being born. So we'll start with Matthew chapter 1, beginning at verse 18, reading all the way through chapter 2, verse 12. And we'll, we'll just keep going between chapter 1 and 2. What might be helpful to know, though, just as we go from one chapter to the next, is some time would have passed between those two events. Um, yet we still find that um, Jesus is in Bethlehem. He has not yet returned uh, by way of Egypt to Nazareth, but is still in Bethlehem. But as we remember that slight change of time, I want you to just remember and cherish for a moment that this story is timeless. There is nothing to be added or taken away from that can make this story any more or less special. This is the birth of Christ into the world. So where for some of us these words might be unfamiliar, for some they might be so familiar, yet they are to be cherished all the same every time, every year. And so as you hear the word of the Lord today, I invite you to cherish um, the gift that is given. We'll hear the mention one more time of the Magi, uh, the gifts that they gave of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But today we celebrate the gift of Christ being born into the world. But before we pray, uh, before we read God's word together, let's pray for God's blessing upon the word. God, you have given us our life and being. You have breathed life into us. And if this were not enough, you still surround us with your covenant love. You give us the gift of the gift of your word that we might know you in spirit and in truth. And if this were not enough, that you had given the law and the prophets and the writings and the power and presence that you displayed throughout all of the Old Testament, if this were not enough already, still we find in Matthew chapter 1 today that you, Jesus, were born into the world to be the way, the truth, and the life, to show us the true meaning of love and to fulfill your love to us even to the bitter and shameful death on the cross. Lord, if this were not enough, you still sent your Holy Spirit with us after your ascension from the grave that we would never be forsaken by you, that you will never leave us, you will never turn away from us, but you promised to be with us always. And so as we hold on to your promises that you will be with us, help us to hear your word today. May it speak to us alive and well on this morning of Christmas Eve. Speak to us by the power of your Holy Spirit that your word may live in and among us. Amen. Matthew chapter 1, beginning at verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. 
the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke, woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to his son, and he gave him the name Jesus. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born, King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star that they had seen when it rose ahead of them went until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. What gifts do we cherish and what makes us cherish them? When I was a kid, I was becoming more aware that there were a lot of toys that I had that I didn't play with, um, especially a lot of Happy Meal toys that were accumulated only to be thrown into the toy box, never to really be played with at all. There were things that I would outgrow, things that I wouldn't care about anymore. And this started to bother me, and I probably actually blame the movie Toy Story a little bit for this. Um, thinking about toys that aren't played with enough that they might feel a little bit less loved, and that seemed to have struck a chord of sympathy within me. All of this to say, in the spring, one particular year, I know that uh, we were done working up ground because my mom was done being in the tractor, my dad was planting, and I got to ride with my mother. We were going to get some seed and also get some food and go out to the field, drop off some seed and get some lunch and have lunch with dad while we filled up. And so on that particular occasion, we were going to Dairy Queen for lunch. And so I ordered my typical children's meal, as I would, except I made a promise to myself before I even ordered the two-piece chicken strip basket with gravy as the dipping sauce. I promised myself that whatever toy I got in that Happy Meal, that kid's meal, I would make that toy my favorite for a month. It was a promise that little Stephen made to himself. I am like early elementary at this point, but whatever toy I get, it will be my favorite for a month. And the particular toy I got in that day was this little guy, 
Wobbles the duck. Isn't he cute? And I still have him today. In fact, I don't even let my kids play with Wobbles. Because I've held on to this thing for so long, I'm like, nope, you're going to lose it, you're going to break it. Wobbles is so special to me because I made a promise to cherish whatever came in the Happy Meal box before I knew that it would be this kind of doofusy looking duck with overly sized big feet. I promised that I would cherish him as my favorite gift for a month. Well, one month passed, and then another, and then another, and then another. And I continued to cherish Wobbles above all other of my toys. Now, you have to know, Wobbles was not the most expensive. If you know me even a little bit, you know I'm kind of a Star Wars fan. I had all kinds of good ships to play with. Do you know that Wobbles fits perfectly in the cockpit of an X-Wing? <laughs> Wobbles just fit into every game that I could play. Wobbles was my companion, whether it was me playing with my other Star Wars figures and Wobbles was just showing up among all the other stormtroopers and Jedi. Whether I was building Lego sets and Wobbles was basically king over all of the Legos. Whether I was building things out of connects, whatever the game was, Wobbles was there and he was my companion who traveled with me in my pocket everywhere that I went. I can tell you that Wobbles has been in the waters of the Pacific and the Atlantic Ocean. He has traveled to probably two dozen of the continental United States on vacation. Wobbles was my constant companion, and I cherished him, and I have held on to him after all of these years. And he's not looking too bad for being, you know, he's pushing 30 at this point. But this was a gift to be cherished. One moment of dedication of saying, this is what matters, turned into years of cherishing this one gift, not in Wobbles' case because it was the most expensive gift, but because it was a choice to say, this is what I will say matters absolutely the most. How do we decide what gifts that we cherish? And do we stay committed to our desire to cherish them? Friends, Christ was born into the world. This is the greatest gift. And this is one that we could easily overlook, that we can move on with our busy days. But more so than even wobbles the duck, Christ is to be cherished. But if you think about a child cherishing a gift and holding on to it and saying, this is more special to me than anything else, this is also to be the posture of our hearts when it comes to Christmas, when it comes to Christ being born into the world, to say the gift of our Savior the one who will take away our sins. This is the gift that we must cherish above all others. This is not to say we don't give gifts. In fact, it's great that we do. The Magi give gifts to Jesus of gold and frankincense and myrrh, and they celebrated what they could give and what it is that they could offer. And yet the gift that was to be cherished most in all of the world was not to debate which was the most valuable between gold, frankincense, and myrrh, or the gifts that were brought by the shepherds, as we'll hear about tonight. But the greatest gift of all time to be cherished and treasured the most is Jesus Christ being born into the world. How much airtime does Jesus get for you in the holiday season? Because we might have a problem if once we leave church, like we checked our Jesus box and we're off and ready to go. That's like getting new toys and throwing them into your toy box and having them be buried and forgotten there. As we celebrate Christ's birth, both here this morning and tonight and tomorrow, friends, 
let us continue to cherish the perfect gift that was given of our Savior being born into the world, of God not remaining far off or distant, but of Emmanuel, God with us, being born into the world, drawing close to us, drawing near to us. Children forget about toys, and adults do too. We can move on so quickly, we can give five minutes to Jesus and then get distracted by all the other things. We can be enamored with the gifts that we give, except we know that they're not going to bring us permanent, lasting value. Friends, Christ is the gift. All of the other good gifts, they are a gift here and there to be valued, to be appreciated. Gifts, whether given out of great cost and sacrifice, gifts given out of great love or out of great humor and joy. And yet the gift is Christ being born into the world. Can we commit to cherishing this gift in such a way that our commitment will actually outlast our original word that we gave? We can say, I will cherish Christ above all else and to not let that cherished commitment fade. I never would have guessed that Wobbles would have been my companion for so many different years and in so many different ways. Friends, might we also take the gift of Christmas this morning and say, I will cherish this. With every passing thought, with every waking moment, I will return to my joy of cherishing that Christ was born into the world. And let that commitment to cherish Jesus, let it color all of this season. Let it be the thing that is the most central to us. Because there's lots of other good stuff in this holiday season. There's lots of other good things. But there is only one thing that it deserves to be central. And that is that Christ was born into the world. That there is something incredibly special happening here. There is the appearance of angels to Joseph. There's all kinds of ways in which God is at work. But we should know that there's something special going on here, even in the way that the, that the angel talks to Joseph when he greets him. When he greets him, he calls him in verse 20 of chapter 1, Joseph, son of David. Joseph's father was Jacob, not David. We find that just a little bit earlier in verse 16 in the genealogy. But he is calling him son of David because... He is referencing the fact that Joseph is in the line of kings, saying this is more than just about you, Joseph, in this moment. This is more than just this moment in time, more than just your family. This is a promise of God being fulfilled that reaches far, far back, all the way back to the days of King David. In fact, the genealogy goes, well, all the way back, if you will. Friends, this is a signal to Joseph that what's happening here is bigger than him and that our cherishing of Jesus is bigger than us. It is bigger than just one day of our lives or one week off of school or work to set aside some time to be with family. The central gift in all of this is that Christ has been born into the world. And so are our hearts in a posture that we are ready to cherish this gift that we receive it. Just as we'll receive some presents from different folks, we will receive different gifts, Christmas cards, reminder that the mailboxes are in a different spot because we do need to pick up a whole bunch of Christmas cards. And apologies, the DeVrieses with different sicknesses going on never actually did get around to a Christmas card this year. But the absence of a Christmas card doesn't mean that we love any of you any less. But rather, things change, don't they? 
plans get ruined. Sometimes the gift that we hoped for more than any other is the, feels like the one thing that we didn't get. Or maybe our holiday plans of travel and get-togethers get ruined by sickness or by other circumstance. Maybe you're still just a little bit bitter going into this week about, well, who's hosting who, or there's some old family stuff to be settled out. Maybe there's other disappointments going on in our life that can distract us away, but all of those distractions, all of those setbacks, all of those losses, all of those disappointments, those are only in the periphery. Those are the things on the edges. The only thing that is central, the only thing that is central to Christmas is that Christ was born into the world for us. And so maybe there are other little disappointments along the way. Maybe there's that one relative that you know already you're going to get annoyed with them at the Christmas get-together. And if you don't know who that relative is, it's probably you. But don't let what's on the side distract from what is central. Don't let a gift here or there somehow take central spot over the gift of Christ being born into the world. Let not our frustrations or our disappointments take away from the fact that Christ was born into the world. Which is to say that if everything went wrong between today and tomorrow, or maybe you're watching online because you're at home sick, because everything does already feel like it's going wrong. If everything else went wrong, if all of your other plans came to nothing, Christ has still been born into the world. And this is a gift to be celebrated and cherished. The fact that we could sit at home and say, well, at least Jesus was born into the world, except Jesus being born into the world is not a consolation prize for all of our other plans that we set into motion. First comes Jesus being born into the world. First comes cherishing that the Prince of Peace, the King of Kings, Emmanuel, Mighty Counselor, the Son of God, has been born into the world. First and central is that reality. And anything else that gets added to it, any other celebration that we have, any other gift that is given, any other kind deed that is done, is just added to the central foundation of Jesus being born into the world. Good gifts can be given, but the Son of God, that is a gift that can only be given by God our King. Salvation cannot be a gift given by any of us Ours is to tell and share the story of salvation through Christ our Lord, being born into the world, living for us, dying for us, and rising again for us. But it's not a gift that we can give. It is only a gift that we can receive. And so today on Christmas Day, remember the posture of your hands. When we celebrate communion and you receive the body and blood of Christ, remember that this is your first Christmas present, unless you opened one already this morning, no judgment, this is your first Christmas present. And as we receive it, we remember that this is the gift that can only be given by God. It is one that we can share with one another, but can only be given by God, by Christ our King. Friends, may our commitment to cherish Jesus outlast even our own expectations. That just as Wobbles traveled with me as a child, May the joy of Christ travel with you in your hearts, not just through today and tomorrow and through a few other holiday gatherings, but this day and always, now and forever. 
May Christ be cherished as central in our lives. And every gift that we give, every gift that we receive, it's a beautiful reminder of the gifts that we could not give but can only receive from Christ our King. Jesus being born into the world is not a consolation prize. It is first and foremost. It is the gift of love that can only be given by God. And there is great joy to be found in celebrating and cherishing that gift. May it travel with us. May it be near to us in our hearts. And may our cherishing of Christ our King make its way into every corner of our lives that we might be changed from the inside out by the power of the Holy Spirit. These are the gifts that we shall receive. These are the gifts, the communion is a Christmas present to us, a reminder of what has already been given to us. May we cherish it. May we celebrate it as the only gift that matters. And may all of our gift giving and receiving be colored by the posture by which Christ has already given to us. And so as we remember that Christ was born into the world, not just for a moment, but that Christ would be with us for all of eternity. At this time, we light the Christ candle, remembering that Christ's presence is with us, that he dwells and abides with us in hope and peace and joy and love, that the Lord, our King, seeks to give us truly good gifts, to bless us, to nourish us, to feed those who are hungry, to be near to those who are lonely, to comfort the mourning and the distressed and the afflicted. This we all find truly and centrally in Christ and in Christ alone. And we turn to the bread and the cup as a tangible reminder of that which Christ has given to us, a gift that is given that is not meant to be returned, yet only shared. As we do come on this Christmas Eve morning, celebrating God's good gifts, we do so in remembrance and communion and hope. 